You're listening to the Gigging for Gold podcast. It's where self-employed entrepreneurs learn to optimize their lives to hit a six-figure year. Hosted by Sonia Thorsvik, welcome and thank you for tuning in. Let's go get them. Welcome to the episode where we'll walk through 25 inspiring ways to reignite your passion for your business. Entrepreneurs who have owned a business for a while, no matter the size, all experience moments where we lose our motivation and excitement for our companies. Those first year, as I like to call them, hustle butterflies, mixed with sheer will and determination that pushes you through every insane situation startups throw at you can, well, start to dwindle after a while. This feeling is completely reasonable. The Kauffman Foundation states that 70% of entrepreneurs say they have experienced burnout, aka stress-induced exhaustion, at some point in their careers. And honestly, that number seems low to me. However, if you still want to keep going, if you've made that decision, it's essential to find ways to reignite that passion so you're able to sustain success and fulfillment in the long run. Today, I'll lay out common challenges seasoned entrepreneurs face and ideas on how to weave in some new creativity to overcome them. I wrote down these ideas into three levels of effort, light, medium, and heavy, based on what I believe to be their level of difficulty, effort, time needed, and possible positive effect on your business. Although any freelancer, contractor, self-employed person can use this information in this episode, it's specifically geared towards those who have been in their own business for seven or more years. Why? Because seven years, my friends, is a long time to own your business. So if you're approaching that milestone, in it now or even well past it, a big congratulations to you. Also, the seven-year mark is well-documented throughout history as a significant timestamp. For example, the expression, the seven-year itch, is a phrase popularized in the 1950s, referring to the time frame when married couples felt their marriage was getting a little rusty around the edges. And it's backed by decades of actual data stating that this is true. The phrase has since expanded to indicate cycles of dissatisfaction, not only in interpersonal relationships, but in any situation, such as working a full-time job, buying a house, where a decrease in happiness and satisfaction is often seen over a long period of time. And seven years, astrologically speaking, is a time frame that holds significance as well. In astrology, what is known as the seven-year cycle can dramatically shift our reality and human existence. Every seven years, there are shifts and changes in the cosmos that influence the energies in our lives in major ways. It's said that every seven years acts as a catalyst for human lives, whether that's on the collective scale or personal scale. Research by the Institute of Stem Cell Biology and Regenerative Medicine Stanford School of Medicine says that our skin is regenerated in seven days. There are seven chakras in our body, seven layers to the skin. 
Seven is significant in Stoicism because it represents the seven spheres of influence, the mind, the body, the emotions, the perceptions, the impressions, the will, and the soul. So again, this is the podcast episode is for those of us who have been in business seven years or more, but is good for anyone to listen to to reignite that passion. A topic such as business longevity really does fascinate me because I know the sheer effort it takes to keep something going for any period of time, especially something that you created all on your own, like your business. And of course, how to maintain a positive and motivated mindset, even during challenging times when you've entered the, I'm getting a little bored with this stage. By the way, Looking back on my entrepreneurial journey, it comes as no surprise to me that almost exactly seven years into my business, I pivoted into a new industry, which was going from marketing just online to marketing and planning events in person. Because I admit it, I was getting a little bored. I had spent years doing the exact same thing day in and day out, aka consistent, and even though it really did work out beautifully and my client roster was full, pivoting and incorporating a few of the things we talk about today really did make me excited for my company again. And I'm very, very glad I made the effort because it's not that my desire to make an impact on the world had changed or I was questioning my skills. It's just that there's a big difference between lust and longevity. All right. Let's go through the three stages of effort here, light, medium, and hard. And again, these are in order based on what I believe to be their level of difficulty, effort, time needed, and the possible positive effect on your business. So starting with light, the first thing I'd like you to do is remember your why. Sit in this and take time to remember what your big why was and possibly still is. Was it to prove to yourself that you could do it? Was it to provide for your family? What on earth made you take that leap of faith that you were going to own your own business and it was going to be successful? Was it to bring an idea to life? Was it to show that your skills had a place in the world? Maybe it was to help those in need. What was it? Take this one seriously. Sit in the answer and see if it brings a smile to your face. I've often seen where revisiting this one question can be the cure-all. And if you can't remember all the impact you've had after many, many years in business, try going through the testimonials from years past you've received. Go through photos of you in your early years, you know, when you were scrappy and Maybe you're doing a startup in your basement and look at where you are now. Remember how it felt to get your first client, your first paid invoice, your heart pumping out of your body when you decided to go for it and you knew failure was not an option. That gets me all excited just thinking about it. <laughs> another, white line, another light one is to um, change your job title around. This is an interesting one. So it doesn't need to be real, but I do want you to write it down or type it out because just seeing yourself called something new can instantly change your perception of what you do in the world 
and your business. So make up a new title for yourself. Oftentimes, us entrepreneurs or if we're self-employed, we all call ourselves owner, founder, and CEO. So let's try something new here. Maybe you're a copywriter. Your new title is Whisperer of the Grand Tales. Are you a photographer? Your new title is Official Visual Ambassador. Are you a hairstylist? Now you are an alchemist of the crown. So when you infuse a little imagination into it, it could just spark your confidence to keep going. And remember guys, these are just some light things you can do. You can do these in five seconds. Fun. Another light one would be to throw a party. Just throw a party. This could fall under any level, really, depending on the level of party you want to hold. Maybe it's for your team. Maybe it's for your top clients. Or shoot, maybe it's just for you. Is there a business anniversary coming up? Your seventh year, perhaps? Did you sign a new big client? Did you get rid of a pesky client? Yes, I believe you should celebrate that. Did you have an article published? Did you finally start that podcast? Hey, it's party time. You could also make fun of a fail. This is interesting because I think we tend to play these so-called fails on repeat in our heads. And no matter how successful we are, one quote-unquote fail keeps nagging at us. Instead, make fun of it. Turn the whole situation into a comic cartoon even use funny voices. It's a psychological technique that helps to rewire the memory and eases the tension you are causing yourself. And remember, failure is not opposite of success. It is part of it. Another light one is to take back something you automated that you love. I really like this one in particular. So here I'm going to assume that if you have been in business for seven years or more, you have some type of support system, some type of help. Maybe that's a virtual assistant or even a full-fledged team. Here, because we're amazing entrepreneurs, we have optimized our lifestyles and our business and automated a lot of the processes that we used to find or we thought we're just, you know, too much for us. We're not good at it or admin work. But sometimes we optimize too much of the business and delegate everything. But then we become managers instead of creators. And it's odd to become the manager for your own company for two reasons here. One, First of all, you might not be any good at it. No one says because you started a business that you're going to be a great manager. And two, you didn't set out to have a creative entrepreneurial career only to become a manager, right? So maybe you got rid of all of those things that you actually used to love to do in your business. So in order to reignite some passion, maybe take one of those back. It might sound backwards at first, but trust me, this one can help you become more creative and fall in love with your business all over again. Another light one is to create a new download or a free guide to give away. I also would assume here that most of us have a newsletter and with that newsletter, we give them a freebie away, right? That's pretty common practice these days. So maybe you just make a new one. You could, you could have a second email list or a third Okay, you can 
put those into segments. Or you could just scrap the whole thing and go, you know what, I've had this up and running for a while. It does okay, but either revamp it or just completely, you know, create something new. I'm, I'm sure you have new ideas in your head. <laughs> Another great one here is to get new headshots. Now this, my friends, as you know, I love getting new headshots. I've talked about it many times before. It's such a great opportunity to not only get headshots and of course, put them on every channel possible to update the overall look and feel of your brand. But it's also a great opportunity here to get healthy or update your look because I can guarantee that you don't just call a photographer and say, I'm coming in in an hour to get headshots. No, no, no. This is something that you plan out maybe a month, two weeks in advance. So if you're anything like me, for example, I'm actually in the process of getting new headshots done soon. So I have purchased a few new outfits that matches my branding. I'm going to do a little bit of a detox, right? To get nice, healthy, glowing skin. Um, you can do things like whiten your teeth, right? Or whatever makes you feel more confident. You do that far enough in advance. And this one in particular, I can guarantee also will give you that extra bit of zhuzhuzhum that you've been looking for in your business again. Here you could also go to a conference that you normally wouldn't go to. If you're looking for a list of conferences, I have a whole article on this for um, 30 different conferences for entrepreneurs to go to. So I'd recommend, you know, just looking some up and just going to one. Maybe it's local or maybe it's in another country entirely, but here you're going to go to another conference. There's no possible way you go get or you that you're not going to learn something new here. There's no possible way that you're not going to meet somebody new. There's no possible way that you're not going to learn something and go, oh my gosh, I bet I could do that in my business. And you're going to get all excited. Okay. With this, you could redesign your business cards. So I'm not talking about a full rebranding here, just maybe you could just redesign your business cards. You could go to Canva. You can outsource this. That's pretty easy. Um, and again, you could... You could put your new headshot on it. You can bring these business cards to that new conference you're going to go to, right? So these all can be combined or separated as needed. Two more here. You can reward yourself. And this also could go into any category depending on the level of reward you want to give yourself. Maybe it is a new outfit like we talked about for your headshots. Or is the reward a trip to that conference? Or is a reward for yourself a beautiful piece of jewelry that becomes an heirloom? And please don't go into debt rewarding yourself here. This could also just be an experience that doesn't have to cost any money, right? So with this, the goal is to create forward positive momentum. And last but not least under the light category is to set new goals for your business. Now, we all talk about this all the time, how we are our own business, but maybe you need to separate a business goal and a personal goal. So when you set new goals for your business, it gives you something to strive for and you can't help but stay motivated, right? Just make sure that your goals are specific, measurable, and that they're aligned with the overall business strategy. Yes, I believe that you should set crazy, big, hairy, audacious, 
audacious, whatever the word is, goals and go after them, but make sure that they align with your business because if they're too far out or too different, you're going to not be able to achieve them because, well, you're busy doing your day-to-day items, okay? Next, we're going to move on to medium. So these are medium effort, medium time. So the ones we just talked about, you could reasonably do in an afternoon or a few weeks, right? If you're redesigning something, headshots, conferences, like those are pretty quick, easy, light things to do. Here, we're just taking it up a notch and going into medium. So an idea for this is to start a new channel or get on a new platform specifically for your brand message. This could be something like, hey, I don't have an Instagram account and I think that my business should be on this. Or I am going to try my hand at writing blog articles two times a week. I don't currently do this and I really think I have a lot more to say and I want to try the written form. Quick factors to consider when you're thinking about starting a new marketing channel for your business, and this comes from a decade of experience, is one, how we always say your target audience, like who are you trying to reach and specifically are they on that channel that you're thinking of starting? If your demographic is not on Facebook, don't start a Facebook channel. If your demographic likes to listen to become educated instead of um, visually like a film, right? Start Stick and start with your podcast. Don't go over to YouTube and start doing video. If they're not on there, don't do it. So this, I really want you to, to sit and think about this and say, you know, is that worth my time and effort? Um, essentially, you know, do I have the resources to do this? Does it fit my budget? If that's going to cost you anything, your budget here can also be your time, right? Because time is money. How long is this new venture going to take you? And here I would also like to say that if you're going to start a new channel, you need to have your goals in line, like, um, the time that it's going to take you because you have got to be consistent with the channel. So don't just go, hey, I'm going to start Instagram and sign up and get the handle and then post like once a week, once a month. That's not actually going to do you any good. So make sure that the platform, you have thought about it, you're willing to put in that time and effort and get excited about it. Because if you, if you consistently show up on a channel, whether that's like reading, writing, visuals, talking, it you are going to gain a new audience and it's going to be amazing for your business, but you need to feed the machine, okay? Another medium one would be to hire interns. This is so good for so many reasons. You're going to get new ideas, fresh perspectives, and they're gonna help you as long as you have the time to train them, yes? Uh, But you're going to help them as well. You could reach out to a local university. I've done this with great success in the past. Um, And even here, they came to work for me and we're not only lifelong friends now, but I've given them great recommendations. I've even had some interns who gained college credit for this. So really it's a win-win for everybody. Just make sure you have the time for this because they're interns. They're going to need to be taught something. And don't you dare just make them go down the street and get you a coffee. Like, 
teach them, speed up their timeline for them. That's the whole point of this. You could also take a break. And I put this under the medium category. Again, you could do whatever you want, but I'm thinking here um, in terms of two things. Take a break could be physically take a break, like do a mini retirement or take a month or two off or take the summer off. Not unheard of in many other countries. Um, you could just take an extended vacation if you want to call that. Also here, you could take a break from what you currently do. So even though this episode is all about getting you re-excited and igniting that passion, what if you took a break and you're like, hey, I'm actually not sure if some of these things that I do work for me, so I'm going to stop doing them for a month, right? Maybe I just stop recording for a month or definitely for your mental health, take a month off of social media. Again, here, you could hire someone else out to do it if you're afraid of that consistency, but taking a break clears a lot of the fluff out of our heads because what it's doing is it's forcing us to when we come back to that to reevaluate it to see if we actually really enjoy doing that. Another medium one is to try breaking into a new industry. So a lot of times in our business, especially for like seven, eight, nine, 10, 20 years in, and we have niched down and that's amazing. And again, I know that that works for you and you're so consistent and that's great, but you're listening to this to be like, oh, yes, I niche down, but I'm just getting a little tired of my niche. So try something new and here, make it in the beginning if you want to, you could align it with the current industry that you're in. For example, for 10 years, I was working in the yachting and boating industry. I worked with the manufacturers, like the companies that actually build these boats. And so because I knew, and they they were in the multi, multi-million dollar ranges is, was the price tag on them. So in turn, it was luxury goods. So because I was used to the audience that luxury goods was looking for, I then broke into the hospitality industry for luxury hotels and resorts because it was a completely new industry, but I was also in the mindset at that point where I was like, okay, I know people with X amount of income you know, are looking for this type of um, quality experience, the role I had the Rolodex, right? So this wasn't, it wasn't easy, but it made sense to go in that direction. I also loved travel. So when I say break into a new industry, it's medium because yes, it's, it's scary. It's not exactly easy at all, right? You won't have the connections, but this is to make sure, especially if you're in like a service-based business and you're like, man, I just can't sell any more coffee. If I have to see another espresso picture, right, I'm going to jab my eyeballs out, like go into something else that you're interested in, or that kind of parallels with the current industry that you're in. That could really, really, really bring a lot of new energy into your company. Okay, so this one is the opposite of taking back something that you loved. This one is to automate tasks that no longer bring you joy. Automating tasks in your business, if you if you aren't on the automation train, my friends, this is going to free up so much time in your business. And this is great so that you can focus on the tasks, again, that you do enjoy and that are the most important to your business. There's a lot of different ways to automate tasks. You can use software. 
You can hire someone to do the tasks for you, which is, you know, outsource them to a virtual assistant. Um, here, I would also like to talk about the rise of AI and how wonderful that can be for your business. For example, if you're spending all your time uh, oof, making spreadsheets or copywriting, I would highly, highly encourage you to look at all of the amazing, crazy, mind-blowing, super, super helpful AI tools that are popping up all over the place right now. So the best way to automate your tasks will depend on the obviously specific tasks that you need to automate and your budget. It could either be, again, free if you want to do them for yourself um, using AI or simply just, you know, finding different software on the web, or you can hire out a full-time staff member or a part-time virtual assistant. I've done all of the above. <laughs> Another medium one, fun, create a new out-of-the-box piece of merchandise for yourself or for your team. Company branded swag, like classic merch, such as t-shirts, hats, hoodies, right? Those are all popular gifts. And here again, I'm going to assume that it's not just you and your team after seven plus years. So I've often found it's really fun to um, do one-off merch, like just for my team. This is really fun. You could, you could, easy example, make a hoodie, send it out to your couple of uh teammates and ask them to pose for a photo. Not only does this create content, but you know, everyone likes a nice classic branded piece of merchandise, especially if it's something that you work for. I think that you should look up, um, depending on the age group of people you're giving this merchandise to look up popular trends, like a polo with your logo on it probably isn't going to excite anybody. In fact, they're going to put it at the back of their closet and they're not going to like it when you ask them to wear it. And they definitely don't want to wear your polo in their Instagram feed. Okay. So make it exciting, make it good. Uh, let's see, you could do a gift here also that instead of, um, branded swag that relates to the employee's interest. So if you know your employees well, you can give them gifts that are related to their interests. For example, if someone loves to cook, you could buy them a cookbook from another country, or you could give them a gift certificate to a cooking class, right? So different ways to re-inspire re people can also re-inspire your business as a whole. Those personalized gifts could be like a gift basket filled with their favorite snacks or a gift card to their favorite restaurant, right? So Sometimes it's not, it's not only about you. Most of the time, it's not only about you. It's about the people that are there supporting our business. You know, if, if that portion of it is getting a little bit stale, why don't you actually turn to them and find out their interests and go from there? Just an idea. Here's one that I love. And I think that my personal success is because of this specifically. It's that I want you to kind of rewire your brain to think of everything you do as a campaign. I call this the campaign brain. So that way, something that you're doing, it's not just an endless ongoing task. It has a specific point and time frame. I like this one because it can play along nicely with uh, seasons or months or even parallel it with a global event or a holiday. A short campaign is a marketing campaign that, hey, lasts for a short period of time, usually a few weeks or a few months. The goal of a short campaign 
is to achieve a specific goal, such as increasing brand awareness, generating leads, or driving sales. So some examples of a medium type of campaign is a social media campaign to promote a new product. Maybe you are promoting that new uh, freebie download that, you, that you've just made. An email marketing campaign to offer a discount on a product, perhaps. If you don't like offering discounts, then just having an email marketing campaign for a specific goal for your company can really be exciting. Um, you could even do paid advertising, right, to target a specific audience. So if you're trying to either break into a new industry or just gain a new um, uh, demographic in your business, you could try a paid advertising campaign. Again, remember that these have a specific starting and end point so that it's not just ongoing. You're like, uh, how can I reach this new audience? It's going to take forever. Um, or how do I get new followers? It's going to take, you know, a year. Your campaign brain turns on and goes, oh, in three months or, you know, in season six or for all of summer, we're going to do this big, huge push for this one new thing. And then at the end of it, on specific end date, you track all your progress and, you know, throw that party because you've succeeded beyond your wildest expectations. Okay? I love to weave them all together. And the last one here for the medium is gamification. This is a really fun one. Gamification can be a great way for small business to take their business, to make it fun again and engage the customer in a more playful and interactive way. Okay, so some ideas for gamification in your business could be, uh, you could start a rewards and point system. You do this to encourage customers to come back and engage with your business. Uh, we'll use the coffee, for example, again, coffee shop could offer a free coffee after a certain number of visits or a discount on a purchase after a certain amount spent. You can scale this up as big as you want. Gamification also on this could be um, uh, a big one right now is in your e-newsletter, you can offer a referral um, code. So let's say you send, they sign up for your email. And they go, oh, wow, this is really good. There's a lot of really good content in here. Let me send this. I'll forward this on to three of my friends. Instead of them just doing that, baked into that email, and it could be a campaign, hey, you can say, hey, if you refer three friends, I'll send you a free uh, tote bag of my cool new merchandise. And they go, oh, my goodness. Wow, they're going to give me stuff just for doing something that I would naturally do anyway. So gamification there. You could also hold a contest or a challenge so they can uh, participate, you know, same thing to win prizes or um, discounts. For example, let's say you own a pet store uh, or a food brand, you know, you could hold a photo contest where customers submit photos of their pets for a chance to win a prize. You could hold a contest and open it up on social channels um, for a big prize on, oh, let's see. Why don't you make a contest and you say, hey, whoever creates the most viral Instagram reel about my business is going to get a big prize. And here, we always want to make the prize pretty, pretty decent, pretty big, medium-sized prize, right? You're not going to buy them a new car, but um, you're also not going to give them $50. Like, hmm, 
make it exciting. Give them $500, I, I'd, something like this, but make it medium. So those contests and challenges actually become something that people talk about. Because if you just give them something small, they'll, that's going to be like directly the size of the audience that they're going to tell. So if they win a free bag of dog food for their photo contest, mm, maybe they'll tell their neighbor, you know, that's cool. Like, oh, that's neat. But if they win a year's worth of dog toys and they get their winning photo on the front page of your website, well, that's a whole nother story, isn't it? Another one you could gamify is a scavenger hunt. Okay, you could lead customers around your store or neighborhood, or you could do a digital scavenger hunt as well. You could then encourage them to explore and engage um, that way with your business in a more interactive way. An example, a bookstore could create a scavenger hunt where customers have to find certain books and answer certain questions about them to get the points, and then they win a prize. Maybe they win the book, I don't know, um, or an interactive experience. You could do this to be a more playful time in your business. For example, a restaurant could hold a, um, or you could create a digital menu that allows customers to customize their orders and earn points for trying something new here. I know we have a local restaurant that if you um, order your food and you post a picture of it, like while you're there at the restaurant eating and you show your waitstaff person, you get a free side of bacon, right? And you would think like, oh, and they don't advertise it much. It's just like small on, on the bottom of this. You look around that restaurant, every other table has a side of bacon, okay? You know, and so it's so great because that bacon didn't cost them that much money and they're getting free advertising, right? People love that kind of stuff. So here too, to end the medium section is gamification comes in a lot of different ways. It's just that we don't sometimes call it that. So maybe that restaurant doesn't say, hey guys, we're going to gamify our breakfast menu, right? Instead, someone just goes, hey, we could give them some, um, some bacon if they post a photo. But what I want you to do here is along with that campaign brain, right? Call it something. So give what you're doing, give that experience a name, right? That's why like when people go on Top secret missions, they give it a name, right? So it's something that you want to rally around, right? To reignite some passion back into your business. And to make finding some of my favorite products as frictionless as possible, I have started an Amazon storefront. You can find it at amazon.com slash shop slash Sonia Thorsvik. The link is also in the show notes and in the transcribed section on the website. In my shop, I have everything from long, healthy hair products, endless summer ideas, kitchen gadgets that really do work, timeless jewelry so you can feel polished and professional, and pantry staples that help with health and wellness. I have purchased every single one of these myself and so I felt it was time to have a storefront where you can shop as well. Now let's move on to the last bit of this episode into the heavy section. I put these down in the heavy section because they might take you a little bit longer to physically do 
And also it will take a little bit longer for your audience to get used to them. So you've come up with all these new ideas. You've actually spent the time, energy, and effort into making them happen. You've executed upon them. You've measured them. And now you need to get used to them, actually. (laughs) Okay, so the first one under heavy would be new branding for your business. Now, there are countless, countless, countless examples of this throughout history where heritage brands over the course of, let's say, 100 years re- brand themselves or fine tune their logos as time goes on. And this is perfectly fine and natural to do. So I would say like, again, either update your logo itself. Maybe you have always had your logo where there's a symbol and some, a phrase under it. And that phrase is either your tagline or the actual written out, you know, lettering of your company. If you've been in business for a while, that is okay for you to remove the name. You can just have the symbol because it takes anywhere from eh, three to five years for people to associate and like just be able to know the symbol of your business, especially if you're a small business, right? So that's okay to do. I also would say, again, this will take time for people to get used to. Now you're saying, but I'm a small business and it's just, you know, me and a few people and not everyone knows about me, you know, do I need to do this? Reminder, we're talking about how to reignite that passion. So, you know, maybe you're tired of your branding colors, Um, update them. Or maybe it's something as simple as putting a new color to your logo that goes along with the, you know, new excitement that you have for your company, okay? Also, while you're doing this, a great, great thing to do is to document that whole journey. This gives you content. This allows people to follow along, not only visually with what's happening, but if you can talk about it even better. So I'm not saying that you need to explain yourself to anyone. Thank you very much. But remember, always people love that behind the scenes journey and they want to experience it with you. Another heavy one would be to physically move locations. This also goes along with, yes, you are your brand. Maybe you're only a digital service, so you physically move. I move counties, move states, move countries. Doesn't matter. Or if you're a uh, brick and mortar store, you have a physical company somewhere, um, a business, or you have an office somewhere, you could just move office locations. There's still offices that are open now for co-working so you could try that Um, or heck open a physical location there you go this is definitely under the heavy for the um, emotional toll this could take as well as just getting you know used to things but if you've always wanted to try a new place you know I, I never want you to get 10 20 50 years into your business and look back on it it's my whole thing I don't want to look back on anything and have a regret so if you've been thinking about it and you, and you can do it, you know, financially, you can do this. Mentally, you can do this. It's going to be so invigorating for you, right? It's going to give you a new community, new ideas, new challenges, new perspectives. So I would highly, highly recommend it. I spent the last 10 years moving around to places. Well, I'm just kind of like a naturally nomadic, but I think that this would be a great idea for you. Uh, if you do this and you love it, let me know. I also want you to think about offering a new product or service. 
Of course, this one is probably at the top of everyone's list. Like, oh, I am getting a little tired of doing the same thing day in, day out. I'll just offer a new product or service. So here I would say that most likely after seven years, you probably have a signature offer or service. So perhaps you expand upon that or turn that into something um, completely different. This could also go along with you opening up a new channel. So easy example here, you have been doing your service for many years and now you're, hey, pivoting and you want to teach that service. So you turn all of your knowledge into a course, a class, uh, a speech, a, a keynote speech, right? Maybe, you, maybe you've been behind the camera for a number of years and now you want to go in front of the camera, whatever you decide to do right? It's you creating, it's you marketing it, measuring it. It's again, something you could be just thinking about for years. Just do it. At this point and at this stage in your self-employed entrepreneurial career, I know that you are a risk taker. You would not have started your own business if you didn't have a high risk tolerance. So unless I'm completely wrong, if you offer something new and you're like fearful of it, I don't think that it's going to collapse your business. Again, the goal here is to, you know, do the market research, make sure your people are there, la la la, and it aligns with your business goals and your values, the new the the new goals that you set for yourself. And just do it. Maybe you could even gamify it for yourself and turn it into your own side hustle. I've seen this happen a lot where people go, um, I don't actually have the time to create that new product or service. I would say to you, make the time. Anything that's important in this world, someone will make time for it. You know that that is a fact. So maybe you're doing your full-time, you know, self-business, but at night you're like, ooh, I have this, this idea. And it's not something, right, completely off the wall, crazy new. So it's just going to give you a little bit more fire, some more inspiration into your business. Another thing that you can try, uh, heavy, I would say, is to work with an influencer. Popular term now, but that doesn't really matter. It's really what we're doing is borrowing other people's audiences here. So the global influencer marketing industry uh, by the end of this year, 2023, is projected to reach almost $23 billion with a B. This growth is being driven by the increasing popularity of influencer marketing as a way to reach target audiences and generate brand awareness. That's what it's all about. Fun tip for you, micro-influencers, those people with 1,000 to 10,000 followers, micro-influencers, are the most popular type of influencer to work with. This is because they have a more engaged audience and are more likely to be seen as authentic by their followers. As a micro-influencer myself, again, just like your gamification and they're going to win something, offering them something is good, okay? But if you're going to choose to work with a micro-influencer, offering 10% off your product that they have to go and buy is not any good. That doesn't do anyone any good. But if they get uh, free products from you, like you have, let's say you sell shoes, they get two free pairs of shoes from you in exchange for two photos. Now that's a good deal. Even better, offer them some money. 
Micro influencers do have media kits. So here, if you're thinking of working with one, and again, what you're doing, you're borrowing their audience. Just think of how much you're gonna spend for customer acquisition. If it's only gonna cost you two pairs of shoes, which we know is not full retail value, and they're gonna show it to 10,000 people for brand awareness, maybe they don't specifically buy it from them, but they've just increased your brand by potential 10,000 people. I'm gonna go ahead and say that that's worth it and you don't do it with just one person, this is what you're going to do. You're going to make it a campaign like we talked about. So you're going to say to yourself or to your team, hey, this summer, this season, so for three months generally, we are going to work with 10 influencers to sell X product. Okay. So again, it doesn't need to be ongoing and forever. If you choose, it can be for a short period of time to just ignite, like bring in some new oomph to your product or service. Okay. That could be fun. All right. Here for the heavy one, you could also become a mentor and we only have two left. So becoming a mentor is really interesting. It can give you a sense of purpose. Mentoring someone can help you feel like you're making a difference in the world. It can also help you feel more connected to your community and the people around you. It can help you learn. It can help you grow. Mentoring someone can teach you new things and help you see the world from a different perspective. It can also help you develop your own skills and talents. This goes along with breaking into a new industry. Industry, You're going to learn something new. Working with an influencer, you're going to learn new skills. Uh, hiring an intern, right? You're, you're going to be able to help somebody. So being a mentor in all of this is something that you could take on and it would just be one or two people. So it's not so overwhelming for you. If you have that side of your soul that's like, you know, I have this beautiful information to give and people are naturally reaching out to you anyway, I think that could be an interesting thing for you. It can also make you feel really good about yourself. So again, it's not an ego thing. It's self-esteem. Helping someone can make you feel good about yourself and about the world around you. And it can, again, build your confidence and self-esteem. And that's what it's all about. Because when we are our own business, all the confidence that we need to keep going on a day-to-day -day basis comes from within there is no one out there doing it for you it's just you so you know you're a freelancer and you're like oh I can't keep going but you've been freelancing for a while why don't you take someone under your wing and show them that yes the days are challenging sometimes but guess what the end reward is the greatest thing that you've ever experienced excuse me for my water break here, but the last one we're going to talk about for heavy is, this is kind of fun for me, is to revive a core nostalgic campaign. That means taking something that you used to do, maybe like at the beginning, and um, bringing it back. For example, just two weeks ago, the clothing maker Under Armour revived their Protect This House campaign from the early 2000s. Right now, I'm recording this episode a stone's throw away from their global headquarters, so I thought it was a fitting example. Kevin Plank, Under Armour founder, executive chairman, and brand chief, maybe he needs to give himself a new creative title as well, <laughs> says, it was never a matter of if we would bring back Protect This House. It was when and how. 
Its significance to Under Armour's heritage and brand legacy and sports in general make it the perfect brand platform to take Under Armour into this next chapter. But its revival isn't about repeating the past. Today's athletes and their motives differ greatly from those who occupied locker rooms 20 years ago, and we want to celebrate that. So you see, it's something that they very, very first did, and it was super effective. I remember their campaign from 20 years ago. You know, there's still there's still um, broadcasts out there that use that verbiage. So they ended that campaign, and now they're bringing it back. So for you and your small business, you can take a lesson from this and say, okay, probably that very, very first thing that you did was most likely your absolute burning why and that can be wonderful to bring back so this all circles back to the very very first thing we talked about was what was your why what was it does it still matter is it still exciting for you bring it back Stephen Curry four-time NBA champion remarks on this campaign's revival everyone has to come back to their roots at some point and Under Armour is going back to its roots with the revival of Protect This House, but evolving it to apply to today. 20 years later, Protect This House is still a rallying cry that ignites fire within athletes. It's about believing in yourself, having a sense of pride, and pushing yourself to your limit to accomplish greatness for yourself and your team, both on and off the court. Mm, can you feel the drive and determination with one revival of a campaign can do? I can. I'll leave you here, my friends. You just heard 25 inspiring ways to reignite your passion for your business. I hope one of these sparked something within you to keep going. We need what you have to offer in this world. Until next time, take care of yourself out there. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening. I'm Sonia Thorsvik and I'm obsessed with increasing your odds of success. I started my own entrepreneurial career in 2012, scaling from making $0 a year to well over six figures each and every year. And I firmly and wholeheartedly believe that there are ways for all of us self-employed freelancers to reach six figures and well beyond. I am unapologetically here to show you how to do it so you can make your next best move. If you have an entrepreneur in your life who you think would benefit from this podcast, please share it with them and I'll talk to you next time. Let's go.